You're listening to Conversations of Inspiration with Ben Moore and Scott Gunn on the EXP podcast. The show that brings you expert insights from those who have had an exponential impact on their industries. They say that success leaves footprints, so take a walk with us as we explore all things growth, business and mindset every Monday from 7am. Sit back, relax and enjoy today's show. Three, two, one. Hello, my friend. Not Ben. How's it going? Stressful. How are you? <laughs> Stressful. Why? What's going on? Well, uh, oh, mate, what's not going on? Uh, obviously, I, I, as you know, mate, I had an offer accepted on a proxy last week, and he's kind of put me in the position of a vendor. So now I'm trying to work out the best steps to take to get this house ready to go on the market. So it's constant skip runs and decluttering and cleaning teenage boys' bedrooms. I'm not sure how much experience you've got with that, mate, but I certainly wouldn't recommend it. So I'm dishing out the odd bollocking. I'm going crazy with one side and then trying to hoover the flow with the other. So, yeah, it's just been a, a bit of a strange old time. And on top of that, obviously, I'm back out doing valuations and things in a bit higher supply than what I have been doing. So, yeah, I just feel like I'm being pulled from one side to the other at the minute. So I'm happy to shut that office door, come into my half-painted room and just de-stress and think about the podcast for the next half an hour or so, mate. So it's a welcome de-stress. de-stress. It's, it's hard to... Um, people always say, like, diversify, don't they, in business, but it's hard when you're an estate agent because one of the biggest stresses we get in life is moving house and our day job is helping other people go through those same stresses. Um, yeah. So, I mean, maybe an interesting... Um, Maybe a, a good experience for you, mate. How's uh, what's the? Oh, right. I've lost it. So sorry, Ben. My brain is oh, just fucking hell, mate. <laughs> I could see you going. Then I was going to put in and start a new. Don't uh, even. Start a new let's line. not. Let's not even stop recording. I'm, I'm operating on about four and a half hours sleep today. Um, so you it's need entirely more vitamins, mate. <laughs> well, I've, I've got all the supplements on the side because, as I told you earlier, I'm, I'm now hitting the gym, so I'm treating myself like a, a professional athlete, but doing about 25 minutes on a treadmill every day. So, um, not quite justified, but um, you know, I know that. Yeah, you know, I've put off moving. Certainly, I remember. I thought we thought about doing it two years ago, and I remember the reason we didn't was I remember thinking, God, you know, do I really want the stress of trying to start an estate agency business and moving house at exactly the same time so I mean you're two years in now so I mean the first thing I guess that means that you're in a financial position to move then right so you've got your books and you know that's one of the big hurdles isn't it for people when they first start business is it takes a year or two before you're in a position to get your mortgage so how's that how's that all worked out for you? Much easier than what I expected Um, I kind of thought it'd be really difficult to get the mortgage together with you know, everything that's been going on in the world and the fact that we're quite a young business and it's quite a step up the property ladder from what we've got now to what we're going into um, financially. So I kind of thought, turn your volume down, guys, if you've got kids listening, but I just kind of thought I was completely pissing in the wind and and it was going to be very difficult to kind of pull together. But um, it was much easier than what I expected. So the, the feedback that I got from the mortgage broker and by the way, I'm not a finance guy, so I don't want to start speaking like an authority on something that really I don't know anything about. But the feedback the advisor gave me was, 
you know, banks are open-minded to the fact that the world's changed through lockdown. Uh, more people are starting businesses. More people have gone self-employed. Um, so they're understanding that their criteria needs to kind of broaden slightly. So what they basically do, there's obviously a whole range of lenders out there, and some will actually qualify your finances, not just based on what you're paying yourself, but based on the profit that your business is showing, in some cases, even in as little as one year worth of accounts. Now, in my case, I put two years of accounts in to kind of try and strengthen the story and give a more holistic picture of where the business is up to. But once I provided the accounts, um, it was just literally a case of ticking a few boxes, and before I knew it, in probably 48 hours, the mortgage was drawn up and away we went. So, yeah, it was much uh, easier than what I imagined it was going to be, mate. So quite a good experience, really. It must be really exciting as well. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen the house that you're buying, mate, and this... Uh... Sure, you're not keeping it a secret, but it's it's brand new, isn't it? And it's uh, yeah, it looks fantastic. I bet you, I bet the kids are buzzing, aren't they? Oh, mate, I can't wait. There's a this is really useful, actually. I've never seen developers do this, but I'm sure it must be common. But the guys that we're buying off, they've built like a, a 3D virtual campus, kind of like a, a metaverse or an EXP world type experience, um, where you can jump onto the road. It's got the full site as it'll be, the properties in the right order, and you can go in the properties and walk around and mess around with the floor plans and put partition walls. It's quite interactive. And um, on the side that we're buying, is they've built like a little children's park. Um, nothing massive, it's just a, a pond and a little park. So the kids are just obsessed with the fact that there's going to be a couple of swings and a slide and a roundabout or whatever else, like literally on the doorstep. So hopefully that might buy me a few quick hours to come and do some podcast recordings once we move in, mate, because I feel like that's going to keep them distracted. Uh, but no, mate, re- really excited. We never thought we'd buy a new build property, but... You know, this one, it, it was just, um, it was unusual, very different to anything else we've seen. It's kind of been built to look like a barn, like it's got wooden cladding and stuff. Yeah, it's got so character, it's bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's got character. Yeah, yeah, it's got a bit of something, uh, a bit of something to it that really stood out. So, uh, yeah, we're really excited, mate. Looking forward to kind of stepping into that semi-rural lifestyle. And hopefully, Scott, the internet connection is a bit better up there. So we might be able to start doing Zooms on my computer again um, and not on my phone. So the audio is a bit better, but... Yeah, <laughs> looking forward to that. So you're now you're now having to look at selling your own house, and I guess which you'll you'll take care of. You'll list it and you'll sell it. I would have thought. Yeah, well, mate, I've um, <clears throat> I've broken every rule of, of what I tell people not to do when I'm giving oh, yeah. advice. You know, I mean, <laughs> the house that we <laughs> the house that we've bought, we went to view it before we had our mortgage. Not not plans, just pure and simply. We were saying we went out for a walk, and it was a, a snowy day, and we ended up getting a bit of a detour and we went for a coffee and just kind of found ourselves driving past them and was like, oh, look at those houses. So I pulled into the site just to be nosy and I kind of pulled in and the sales advisor was like, hey, hey, do you want to come and view? And um, we not had the mortgage, but I was there and he was there and he was happy to accommodate. So we went and had a look around and um, straight away fell in love, of course, without a mortgage at that point. And then I'm going through the whole stress of trying to get a proceedable. And um, now we are, we've got our mortgage in place. It's the hurdle of trying to get this place sold, mate. So as you can probably see, um, Scott, looking over my shoulder, the room that I'm studying now is, is half decorated. So we've got patchy white walls. I've got a decorator coming around to quote up to finish the job because frankly, I can't be asked. And um, as I said before, mate, it's just a lot of decluttering and cleaning and dusting and doing basically all the jobs I've been planning to do for the last five years and now have to do in the next two weeks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sometimes the push we need to get things done and, and, and then you can proclaim, well, you've got the house finished before you moved out, you know, eventually, but it'll just be within days of moving out. Um, yeah, I've been yeah, there. Yeah. Um, 
So what will you do? So you're listed, right? And then will you do the viewings, deal with the offers, or will you ask someone else to sort of help you with that or or what? Uh, to be honest, mate, I've not really worked that out yet. I mean, I don't think um, there's something quite awkward, I think, about getting your own feedback and negotiating offers. And I'm not sure if, if, you know, you'd have to make it clear to the buyer that you are the owner and that just makes everyone feel a bit uncomfortable, I think, in yeah. terms of getting honest feedback and whatnot. So... Um, I think I'll probably market it and, you know, I'll, I'll get my photo guys to come and do the pictures and things and um, maybe we'll do a video for it and, and, and get it up. And then I'll probably, you know, Becky's going to host the viewings because I, I don't really think I fancy it. She's much yeah. more comfortable at speaking about the house. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll turn to another EXP agent to handle feedback calls or offer negotiations or something and get Gina to do the progression. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, probably, it's probably how it'll work out, mate. So I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I think I'll just get someone else who's, you know, neutral to do feedback and offers, maybe. I've, I've done that for, I've sold a couple of houses now for EXP agents. You know, oh, yeah. they just rang and said, oh, Ben, I'm selling my house. We did a viewing yesterday. Yeah. There's three numbers. Would you mind just getting a bit of feedback and um, manage to get them sold? So I guess that's the good the good thing about knowing 300, 300 agents, right? There's always someone to scratch your back. Yeah, that's right. I've done it as well. I've only done it once, but I've helped someone else out before who just phoned up and said, look, I've done the viewing, but can you chase the feedback? Because it's just too weird and it's going to make everybody feel uncomfortable. And and they offered and we got it agreed. So, um, yeah, it took the pressure off a little bit. No, for sure, mate. For sure it does. For sure it does. But it's an exciting time, mate. I mean, I just feel, you know, really blessed to be in a position where, like, it sounds dead corny, mate. And, and I know that we spoke about this privately. Um it was just weird thinking that I'm going to own a detached house. And that, that's probably not a big thing for a lot of people, but, you know, I've grew up on council estates all my life. I've never lived in anything bigger than a terrace. So it's just crazy to think that we're going to have like this nice, shiny, detached house in a lovely little village. Like it's just, I don't know, it's kind of nice thinking that, um, you know, my kids are going to grow up in the house that I always dreamed that I would have. So it, it, there's something I, I'm really excited and, and borderline emotional about that, mate. So, it, so it, it's really cool, mate. Glad to see it all coming together. But as we all know, it's not a done deal until the keys are in your hands. So a lot could go wrong between now and then. So keep your fingers crossed that it all goes through without a hitch. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be OK. It's, it's, in, it's in good hands, isn't it? So, um, mate, no, it's cool. Only, only detached house is... Um, something about being able to do the 360. Um, I mean, I know you get some absolutely wicked semis out there and amazing townhouses, but there's something about a yeah, sure. sort of like being your castle, right? Like, I don't know why. I don't know why. Psychological thing, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, you're yeah, definitely... Yeah, no, no, definitely. Definitely. Mate. I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, it's not, it's not the biggest house in the world that we're getting. I'm sure there are many terraces and semis and townhouses out there that are just as big or bigger. But uh, yeah, it just just feels like a nice little psychological milestone to tick off and say, "Oh, buzzing! We've got we've got that place." Um, but mate, you're sort of kicking on as well. I know we were talking off camera, and you're sort of looking at well, either drafting in the architect or selling up yourself, right? Yeah, same thing. I mean, it's um, exactly the same thing as you. Which is, I mean, how how often does this happen for us, mate? When we pick up the phone and say something to one another, and the other one's just about to do exactly the same thing. But yeah, my mortgage has come to an end. Uh, so my mortgage has come to an end this month. So I'm going on to the variable. And as of yesterday, so I had two calls yesterday, one from the mortgage people and one from my accountant because my mortgage come to an end and my second year's books went in on the same day. There's something about that where you go, okay, cool. Is someone, te- you know, is that sort of fate intervening and saying I need to move? Because it's only two weeks ago, we got an architect, which always sound grand. We're only looking at doing like a side extension. Um, and so we were sort of all set to the side extension. We're going to... 
make a decision on Sunday. It's like D-Day. Right, right. Once we stick with something, we'll have to, but um, yeah, I don't know. We've been watching this show on Netflix called Make My Home Perfect. And a bit like what you're talking about, it's like a virtual reality headset and they, they, they map out your house now as it is, like everything, even if you've got a Star Wars poster and it's all crinkled up, that's on the in the sink. And then they like wipe it out and they redesign it in front of you. And oh my God, mate, to get one of those people around to design something for you, what they come up with is just incredible. Really? Yeah, it's a really good show. I'd watch it. It's, it's not a really good show if you're not thinking about doing something to your house. But if you are in that frame of mind right now, it's a really good show. I'm sure it's called Make My Home Perfect or something. And you've got two designers, one that tears it to pieces and it's almost his mission to come up with something completely surreal. Like he'll put the bedrooms downstairs and put your lounge, he'll open up every wall upstairs and make a massive lounge. And you sort of go, okay, yeah, could we live like that? Yeah, cool, bit out there. And then the other one works with, it just works with what you've got, but just does these tiny little simple ideas. And when they all come together, they just look absolutely mint. So um, yeah, we're sort of being a bit inspired by that at the moment, but it's a tough market out there. I mean, it does put you in the frame of mind of a vendor, as we said earlier, because you know, when you do the job, it's so easy just to turn up and almost leave and, I don't know, be frustrated that people can't make their mind up about things or why didn't they sign now and why are they worrying about painting the bloody skirting before they list it? And 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 then all of a sudden, as you said, you've broken all the rules with the advice you'd give to someone else. And I'm pretty much yeah. in exactly the same situation that, you know, I'd fall in love with one now and offer on it and then come back and reverse sell my house, which is yeah. the opposite yeah. of what everyone else to do for the last, like, 15 years so it's interesting going through the like the emotions of it and the decision making process and realizing that a lot has gone on in the mind of I've always had this image that people almost get the leaflet and go oh to their husband or wife or partner or whatever should we move yeah why not you know and then <laughs> we'll call this number and get a free valuation and off we go and actually they've probably something that they've been talking about for years and years and years on and off and by the time we've turned up, they've maybe made their mind up. So we miss all of that. But it's a huge, huge yeah. move, massive decision. For oh, people. mate, honestly, mate, this has been, cause this is the first time I've ever sold. Obviously, I've been a buyer before because I bought this house, but this is the first time I'm ever in the shoes of a seller. And um, it's definitely given me a perspective for what people must go through. Like even last week, you know, I was just, you know, I was planning to go out and was going to go have a little walk up in the country with the kids. And um, we scrapped it because I was like, actually, I'm going to declutter this office and I'm going to get rid of all these clothes and take this to the charity shop and just do the jobs that me doing. So I ended up doing that and I thought, well, this must be what people feel like, the pressure I'm feeling to get the house ready. When I text someone and say, hey, Christine, should we do your video on Wednesday? To me, it's just a day in my diary to go and do a video. But to yeah. them, that must be like a massive upheaval. So it's definitely given me a sort of different vantage point, I guess, on the whole process and definitely a newfound respect for how people get the houses market ready because that's just not how families live um and even today mate you know i've mentioned before i've got a decorator coming around to give me a quote to pay for a couple of rooms and paint the skirting boards and things like that and just having a stranger come into your house it's like oh make sure the carpets aren't dirty get rid of the dog clean up that dog hair oh that stain on the wall like you're just very self-conscious about the property all, all, all of a sudden because someone who you don't know is coming into your domain. So even just little things like that, what vendors must be thinking and maybe how uneasy they feel when they book us in for evaluation when they've never met us. Like it's these little nuances that maybe you take for granted as a salesperson, but when you're in the eyes of storm, you know, these little things are big deals, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
I'm literally looking at my garden now and I've done that sort of thing of thinking maybe I'll wait till the summer. It looks so much better in the summer, you know, and, and skirting boards that are unpainted and just want to run around and do all those jobs. And yet my advice generally to people is just don't stress about that. Like just get on the market. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. We'll get it sold. Don't worry about it. it. I don't think it makes a huge difference. Um, but yeah, so I, f- I feel for you, mate. I know it's, I know it's a big thing and it, it will hang over you now for probably the next six months at exactly the same time that you're, you've timed it well, mate, because you're also trying to put a little bit of um, shift into a different gear, aren't you, on your estate agency business, I think, is your plan at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, obviously a big part of our role has been and continues to be for both of us to help EXP grow, to help new agents kind of start their business and grow and scale and all that kind of stuff. And um, that's great, pays very well, very fulfilling, definitely a great challenge for both of us um, outside of the sort of day-to-day running of agency. But I've probably been working on that exclusively now for that's part of a year, maybe seven months, eight months, something like that. And um, now we're just kind of at a point where the, the biggest sort of reason or the main motivator for me doing that was because I needed more location flexibility. And without turning this into an EXP pitch, I just want to kind of pause for a second just to kind of acknowledge the fact that, A, that was an option. I could walk away from selling houses. EXP allowed, well, not just me, but both of us to effectively retire within 18 months, which is just mind-blowing. And then after that, you know, that's been kind of, you know, sustaining my income and and allowing us to pay the bills and, and live our life, you know, fairly well, fairly passively. And now we're at a point where, we're not actually going to move to the location where we thought we were. We've moved, we're moving out of town, but we're staying much closer to where we are at the moment. So suddenly we don't need that location flexibility. So if I'm going to be within a commutable distance of the markets that I've been serving as an agent anyway, I might as well put my hand back in the cookie jar, take on some listings and really sort of, you know, amplify how much I can earn and the potential with the agency because I'm no longer leaving the market. So just when we came to the conclusion that we were going to stay local and then again when we had the offer accepted and we was like, okay, we're definitely staying local, just kind of felt like, well, maybe it's a sensible move to get work in the market again, get some clients on board, help some people move, make some extra money. So um, I've started kind of, um, I'd say I'm in first gear at the moment, the last week or two um, since I came to the decision has just been refining content, getting busier on Facebook again, sharing to some local groups, putting some advice out there. Um, Becky, my partner, is an incredible writer, so we've been working together on rehashing the, the content marketing strategy to try and sort of drive some instructions. So, yeah, we've just been kind of setting up the foundations, really, but looking forward to shifting through the gears over the next few months, mate, and then hopefully um, getting a bit between my teeth again with that side. You'll put wind in your sail anyway, you know, personally. I think that when you're out there active as an agent, thank you. I think just helps with your communications with agents. So, I mean, it's not to say that you can't claw on previous experience, but there's nothing like, you know, I remember like driving back from evaluation and I'd be chatting to somebody else, another agent, another side of the country who's just come out of evaluation. And I just remember the conversation being sort of far more free flowing than maybe it was when I took the foot off the gas for me at the similar time that you did with selling houses. So I, I think it'll actually, I think it'll be ironic. I think you'll end up selling some houses and making your money doing that but i think it'll also put wind yeah. in your sound on the other side of business anyway personally yeah oh mate 100 percent. and uh it gets you know not not to lay this on thick in terms of a uh, you must all be self-employed because we understand that not everyone's going to be and not everyone's going to start a business with the xp and that's cool but genuinely mate i know we're banging on about this 
online and you know we've got more and more agents joining exp therefore we've got more agents banging the drum and as you kind of said you know you said a few times that the ironic thing is that the more noise we make the easier we are to ignore because when you see the same thing it's just easier to kind of block it out and you adapt to it but but genuinely you know the only potential in this model from selling houses and doing what you do anyway doing what you enjoy doing what we tend to find quite easy for the most part is um it's incredibly profitable and even though I stopped selling houses um, a little while back, we've had like the odd referral that's come in, like and you know, like a, the dad of an ex-client that I, I couldn't turn away, um, and, and we've had sales progressing that are now sort of coming to the end and drop dropping into completion. And now I look at the last couple of weeks, I've done twenty grand in agency fees from two ten thousand pound fees. Now I've only got one more chunky fee like that. So now my bluff's being called and it's like, actually, then your pipeline is running low now. You've got maybe another sale left in there and you've just been made, you've just made 20 grand in two weeks. Like, do you really want to turn your back on that? And before yeah. I felt like I had to turn my back on that because because of geography. But now that I'm staying again closer, why would I turn my back on that? It's just too, it's, it's just so lucrative and, and I just it's just difficult to... To, to not do that when you've got such an opportunity at your fingertips. So, yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be easy because, you know, for me, kind of kickstarting back into agency, we're not getting as much goodwill and as many referrals as what we were 12, 18 months ago because clearly I've not been as active, so that's kind of dwindled with time. So it kind of feels a little bit like I'm starting from day one, mate. And yeah, then, yeah. That day one, that day one mentality is good. Like, I've been out for the first time the last couple of weeks doing valuations again meeting customers, an old client randomly reached out for evaluation on another property that he owns. So, you know, I've got a property signed up. I've got two or three valuations in my diary for next week, and we've not really done any advertising yet. So I'm feeling very positive about it, mate, and um, really excited. I feel like a startup again, so I'm excited for the next the next few months, mate, as we go back on the rebuild. Well, it's a good time of year to do it as well, isn't it? I mean, it's February, so we've still got so much left of the year to go after. So I think you've timed it well. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see how you get on, no doubt, no doubt very well. Um, and I don't think it will quite be like starting over from scratch. I think that's one of the benefits of operating as we do, you know, with the low-cost model that we're part of. Um, it doesn't cost too much to, if you take your foot off the gas for a few months, it only costs you a little bit, right? It doesn't cost you a couple of grand a month. Um, and then you just ramp it up any time. But I don't think it's quite like start. I think it's almost like when you go back to the gym, you've not been there for a year. You know, you've got the muscle memory, you've got the, the, the sort of the knowledge of techniques and stuff like that. So it's not quite like starting out from scratch. So I, I think it will take off quicker than you're expecting, mate, to be honest with you. I hope so, mate. I hope so. Just looking forward to getting out. And uh, like I say, it's just been a buzz speaking to people again and being able to go into the living room now. I'm more of a level than before because I'm like, oh, I'm going through the same process myself. Like one of my clients that I went to last week, he was covered in like, he had overalls on and paint splashes all over it. Yeah. He had half a tin of paint in the corner and, you know, a room that was almost finished, but a little bit patchy and, you know, he's stressing about, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I clear this out of the way? Should I paint this? And it's just like, oh man, it's like I'm having a conversation with myself. I'm in the exact same position. So no, it's been really fun, mate, just going out and having those conversations and, I think, you know, when you when you do genuinely feel excited about what you're doing, you feel challenged and you're getting that fulfillment and enjoyment from the conversations. It sounds so cheesy, mate, but, you know, we're talking about pipelines and things because money's important, but all that kind of stuff just comes as a bit of an afterthought. That's a byproduct of, of, of having these conversations and building these relationships. So, yeah, mate, looking forward to getting getting that built. But, yeah, I mean, I know we're obviously side talking about um, building pipelines and businesses and um 
extending properties and moving into bigger properties and upsizing and all that kind of stuff. I guess the sort of reason why the, the conversation's been built around that sort of narrative, it's not, oh, look at what we're up to. It's just kind of, I guess, really just a drawback on finance, really, and, and sort of the potential and the opportunity to make money. And as cliche as it sounds, like change the lives of, uh, of yourself and, and for your family, like, I just want to make it clear that the opportunity is here and, and, and this is something that any experienced agent can sort of take advantage of. And I know that the finance is, is something that you've been quite open about speaking about in the past, Scott. So, I mean, I'm assuming reading between the lines, not that I know the intricacies of your business or what you're making and what you're not. I'm guessing based on the dilemma that you're at and the crossroads in, I guess, your next moves, that things have been going pretty well for you financially as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean... And and the thing is, it, I feel like I can talk openly about it because one, it's it was above expectations, which is just an interesting conversation itself. And and secondly, I think I think it's like I think if you won the lottery, it's unfair to show off that money. I think it'd make you really unpopular. But I, I view myself as a competent, capable estate agent, no more, no less. And I think I'm quite good. I don't think I'm necessarily the best agent, even at EXP, but. I follow the process that I believe anyone else can follow. I think I think a state agency is simple, not easy. You know, and just to sort of explain what I mean by that, I think digging a hole is simple but not easy. <laughs> you know, you just it's one one sort of one spade, keep going all day. It's fucking hard work, but it's simple. And I think a state agency is the same. I think we've got processes that people, if you follow it, you will get similar results to other people who followed that exact process might vary a little bit based on ability, but not hugely. And I really, really believe that. So, you know, part of the reason I'm so open about the finances is one, because I just, what I love about what we do now is there's nothing to hide. It's all public record anyway. There's a lot of claims made that aren't backed up. You know, we've got agents earning X amount. Okay, who? Uh, You know, and they normally roll out one or two individuals that are doing the same thing. You know, and actually... I'm not even the top performer at EXP in terms of income. In fact, I'm not the top performer by a bloody long shot, as, as you well know. But, you know, according to my, in the last 12 months, I believe I'm about to submit a profit of 140 in the last 12 months. In addition to that, there's a 12 grand salary. So, okay, that's still being looked at by my accountants finalised, but that's not going to be, you know, that's only going to be a few grand here or there. So that's fair. That's sort of like a fair... That's accurate. So 152 grand in the last 12 months. And I think it's really important to shout that from the rooftops. So and 45 grand the year before I joined EXP. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not three times better all of a sudden. I'm just in a different environment. I'm in the right environment. I mean, the, the, the key there, mate, it's not so much, um, you know, we won't linger on your bank account for too long, Scott, but it's not it's not so much about like, that top line revenue. What what What's... what's massively eye-opening there is the profit margins it's how much profits retained in the business and i think a lot of people underestimate how difficult it is to not necessarily build a business or build a business that does a decent turnover but to build a business that retains a certain amount of profit is very very difficult you know you can in fact only last night me and betty were watching dragon's den on, on yeah. the bci player and you've got these great looking products these great businesses that are coming in and oh we've turned over 300k 400k 500k We've done 50 grand in profit, 60 grand in profit, 80 grand in profit. We're at a net loss of 50 grand. We're predicting profit in five years' time. And that's normal like, for, for companies to work to those sorts of margins, especially when they're two, three, four, five years old. Yeah, again, 
coming back to this kind of structure, the reason why your figures are so impressive, it's not just because you're a great estate agent and you've worked hard. I mean, I'm sure both of those things are true, but it's because you've got next to no overhead and that's why you retain so much profit in the business, which ultimately is what allows you to, and what's the saying? Turnovers, vanity, profit, sanity, right? That's it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone's different. For me, it's just, it's not even about the money. It's about how simple it is. Like I've got one outgoing every month, pretty much, for the business, which Okay, actually, I've got a couple. I've got um, my 150 for EXP. I've got my 20 or 30 quid insurance. And then if I want to spend a bit of money on stamps, right, that's give or take my outgoings in the business. I'm throwing car and mobiles. But for me, I just, my, 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 my brain wouldn't handle business rates, wages, all that kind of thing. It just wouldn't. So because it's so simple, it then just frees me up to go out there and do what I'm quite good at doing, which is listing houses and selling houses. Um, but it's way about my expectations. I mean, I didn't even, I remember when I first started talking to Adam about the model, I didn't even take into account the 80 grand cap. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't care. No, I didn't. It felt unobtainable to me. And I mean, I, we can't make predictions about how many people are going to cap because you know, we could be wrong, but it's going to be bloody normal. There's nothing now, you know, do you remember when people used to cap, like you'd see announcements internally that someone's capped, you'd go, oh, wow, well done, so and so well done. Like now, it's not that I don't appreciate the achievement, but it's that I'm seeing it so regularly on, on our group chats that you do start to ignore it eventually, right? Like, Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, we even said literally only a couple of days ago that, you know, an agent that I work very close with in Kirk, an agent that you work closely with in Gavin, they capped within 24 hours of each other, didn't they? Of we course I did. <laughs> <laughs> we had a conversation and said, oh, look, you know, Kirk and Gavin are both capped. That's great to see. Um, but not, 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 not uncommon. And uh, I guess for anyone listening, like, the significance of that, I mean, just as a kind of backtrack, I think the reason why, uh, not to speak for you, Scott, maybe you've got a different vantage point, but the reason why I wasn't too interested in the cap or too concerned about kind of understanding it too much was because it just felt like something in the future to think about. You know, you're so excited about, oh, I've got this colour blue on my board and oh, I'm getting my first instruction and oh my God, I've just got my first inquiry. You know, all these things are important and exciting and those are moments that should be enjoyed, but they also can be a distraction because you talk, you focus so much on putting out fires today that you're not really thinking about a year or two down the line. And the cap, um, which effectively means that once you hit a certain level of production and you've turned over a certain amount of cash and your fees, EXP stop taking a percentage-based split from you. So as the agent, you retain um, you know, a significant proportion of your uh, commission. In fact, all of it, apart from a £250 fixed transaction fee, which means the financial dial is very much on the side of the agent once they get to that point. So it gives you longevity in the model, and I guess... It's probably thanks to the cap why your profit margin has been so uh, high because you, you capped yourself, right? Now, I think just before or just after me, we was quite close to each other, weren't we, when yeah. we hit that milestone? Yeah. I, I mean, this year, in the last 12 months, I've had something like seven months of being paid the full amount. Yeah. So it's something like four and a half months to cap. Um, and then, yeah, seven months plus of earning the full amount, which which is just, it's just like taking bigger strides, isn't it? It's like being in a race and then you're taking the same strides as everybody else, but then all of a sudden your strides are twice as big. It's not going to take you long to build up a healthy lead. And that's kind of how it feels. It just felt like your strides were, were getting bigger, but I paid no attention to that cap. And for me, it's like, like I'm, I'm really kind of proud of it, which I've always wanted to, like the hundred grand a year thing has always been something I've wanted to crack. 
and I failed fairly miserably actually at it. You know, I've never really got particularly close. And uh, it's always been it's always been in my head. I've got to earn a hundred grand a year. Got to earn a hundred grand a year. And now that I've gone over it, I feel really relaxed about it. And the irony of it is, I think that's going to keep me consistently earning over that because I've broken that sort of duck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like. Once you know you can do something, I think it gives you an extra edge that you've not got potentially when it's all hypothetical. You know, because well, once, once, once you've proved it to yourself, it's like, oh, I've done that now. It's no longer this unobtainable, unknown thing that may or may not be in your grasp. Like, you've done it. So now it's like, you've done it once, you can do it again, you can replicate it. Well, you know the four-minute mile? I think it was, was it Roger Bannister that ran the four-minute mile? Um I'm sure it was. He, he ran the first ever four-minute mile, right? No, no man had ever done it before. I think it's like 400 people did it in the next 12 months. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it's the same for everything. It's the same with. I can't remember the stats. I'm not. I'm not bright enough to be able to retain this information. Just the like analogy, but I think it's the same with the 10 second 100 meters as well. It's like never been broken before. Never been broken before. Broken just became the norm for all of the top sprinters yeah, yeah. to be able to do it. And you see it all the time. It, it's such a weird thing, that sort of psychology. Um, and we've spoken like, about I mean, it before. We have, mate. I mean, it's like everything's impossible until it's not. And uh, I know that the example that we used probably in, I think it might have been the first couple of episodes on this, pod, on this podcast series, when we were talking about how, you know, 30 grand was an amazing pipeline and everyone was buzzing with that until suddenly... Uh, it might have been Gavin or, or someone came in and, and just bursted through that ceiling and suddenly got to 60, 70 grand and he was like, okay, now that's the new that's the new um, benchmark of what's possible. And then suddenly, you know, another 20% of agents followed suit quite quickly and built up to that same milestone. So it's interesting how, how that works, mate, but it's definitely a thing. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, what I earn in the next 12 months, I don't know. We'll have to see. I I said to you earlier, didn't I? I don't. I never ever make market predictions. I'm sure someone will find one now on LinkedIn and say that I have, but I don't think I do. I always pretty much say I don't know. I don't like making predictions into the future. Um, I just deal with the here and now, really. But hopefully, another 12 months where I can do something similar. And it's just that freedom, mate. It's not. I'm. I'm really not one for. Ironically, when I've got money in my pocket, I never want anything. <laughs> when yeah. I haven't got any money, I, I want everything. You know, I go into like shops and I see all these nice watches, and I'm like, oh, I want it. When I've got money in my pocket, I don't want it. So I don't think it's necessarily I want material things, but it's just the choices it gives you. You know, I mean, me and you have been talking on the phone about whether or not I extend my house, whether or not you know, both of us having the same conversations, whether or not we move, whether or not we buy buy to lets. You know, we've both got EXP stock. You know, and I just, I always wanted to be part of that conversation really and have those options. And so for me, mate, it's just, it's, I just enjoy having those, those choices. That, that's the freedom for me is it gives you those, those options. For sure, mate. I think it's, um, there's, there's, a, there's a whole lot to be said for feeling content as well. I think that's like a big part of it. Like not, that, not content in that we can't do more or achieve more or continue to grow. Like I don't want feeling content to be confused with a lack of ambition because that's certainly not the case, but feeling content that, do you know what? Bills are paid. The mortgage is covered. The kids are going to eat. If they get if they come back with a hole in the school shoes today, we can get another pair tomorrow. That's not something I've always had. And I think that the peace of mind that comes with that is, is that feeling is more important than the feeling of getting money. Like I think I mentioned before, a big thing for me was hitting my first five-figure month. I hit it. Don't get me wrong. It was great. And it was nice to see the money come in. But then it was like, 
there's actually nothing that I need. There's nothing that I want to buy. There's nothing that I need to get. It's just knowing that I can takes a load off your shoulders, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. which I think is the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that you've had such a good 12 months and I'm equally as pleased that I have. <laughs> um, oh God, this, is it windy where you are today? Mate, the storm is, honestly, I, I walked out the door. This was another thing. I walked out the door and I was like, can't fucking wait to sell this out. Walked out the door and the uh, neighbour's gutter had just flew off into my garden and the storms have been horrendous because obviously we're right near the sea. So yeah, of course, yeah. Putting a bit more wind in the sails part than the pond, but yeah, it's been horrendous. Worried about my cabin roof. I put, I put this on, so... <laughs> but there's a lot of nails in it, but it's making a lot of creaking noises. So, um, oh, well, wicked, mate. No, I enjoyed that. And... Um, yeah, no, I'm glad glad we caught up. I'm, I am operating on a limited amount of sleep, mate. So thanks for carrying me. Um, <laughs> no, mate, great to catch you up as always. And uh, I guess for anyone listening, you know, I just don't want the context to be lost. This episode was a bit of a breezy, conversational one. Um, but basically, just to kind of illustrate that it's not all talk and hot air. You know, the opportunity is there if you're brave enough to take it. Whether that's for the XP or elsewhere, you know, there's a big market out there, and there's a lot of money to be made if you if you dare to back yourself. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, wicked. All right, mate. Well, you have a good day. Stay safe. And you, mate. Catch you soon. Yeah, Ben.